2: stop
1: dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started
3: hi EllisPod fans it's jr here It's Swindon Town.
0: Oh, it's felt like a long, long time since we've done a presser. Hello, Joe.
1: Hello, Rich. It's been a long time, as you say it. A week feels like a really long time at this point. Thankfully, we're up to wait quite so long to speak next
0: yes indeed we'll be back for the Gillingham presser on monday has, has it been a busy week i've been snowed under with real life work for once so has anything happened apart from the seats in the town end getting damaged
1: no there's there's not been tons to be fair there was you know i was running a bit dry thankfully for um thankfully me harrison Minton obviously got his contract extension so well done harrison um uh, which meant there was there was a little bit more Wednesday into Thursday but it was it was a pretty quiet week really there's not a ton going on i was really scraping the bottom of the barrel for things that got said after the Newport game by the end of it
0: ah uh, yes there was a sighting an ls pod sighting of harrison mintern at slim chickens this week don't think he was on the clock promoting it like his teammates were either. Uh, this was for pleasure, so it's good that they've got a new place
1: to go. Yeah, I mean that's a man who really loves the sponsors, isn't he? He lives and believes this club. He'll even go. He uses Visu on his own time. That's who Harrison Minturn is.
0: We bleed Swindon Town. Anyway, Swindon returned to winning ways last week against Newport County. I thought. It was a very comfortable victory in the end, considering I feared that Newport would be their usual tricky selves. But in reality, it wasn't really the case.
1: No, I, I would agree. Um, comfortable is uh, actually a word I had been grappling with because um, and, and Andrew and I t- spoke about this after the game, thinking, you know, d- did it feel comfortable? You know, were you 100% sure before the second goal goes in? I honestly can't say that I was. It wasn't quite the same as Walsall, but. So overall, you know, Newport weren't overly troubling. I think they not actually dealt with their physical presence very well, which has kind of been something that we've been we've been thinking about the whole time. Based, you know, with the whole height of the team stuff. That so, you know, generally speaking, Omar Bogle was was kept well, and it was mostly just sort of some a couple sloppy passes in the first half that created any real feeling of jeopardy whatsoever. But yeah, you know, it was it was it was a fine performance. You need to get back to winning ways. Win a little, not ugly, but you know, a little bit under the weather maybe in terms of it being a performance and um, I think you've got to be fairly pleased with that one and hopefully they can kind of get back towards what they were doing earlier on in the season this weekend now that there's that, that win back in their column.
0: Yeah, I've reflected back on it and I think it was comfortable. That's the terminology I will use. I think, though, as a fan base, we grapple with the memories of last season where a slim lead never felt like enough Uh, The rhetoric within our fan base with victories this season has been dominated with observations that last season we would have lost this game. And that's probably a fair stance to take. Joe, do you think there's an element to that when we analyse those type of performances like we saw against Newport?
1: Yeah, I, I definitely think there is. There's, there's always going to be those skeletons in the closet, or you know, ghosts that are haunting us. In, in what you're in the way that you look at, it and you know, every club thinks that that's you no know, typical X club kind of thing. But we've seen it quite a lot recently, so that that does definitely come into it. I think. I, I think you are definitely right there. I think if you think back to the the Wellands champion season, we, we did actually get quite good at grinding out results in that, and this side have done that a couple of times now. In, re- in recent home games so it, I think it if anything that probably does point to maybe this one being different as in terms of the start of the season you know not want to get ahead of yourself because you know what might be coming but maybe this team has the ingredients that that others haven't
0: lovely okay well before we move on thank you for joining me for this installment of the presser. Uh, you've had by the sounds of it quite the day
1: yep i got on a bus at 20 to 8 in at swindon and i got to beversbrook at half 11 i think it was by the end um uh what day um huge shout out to my my bus driver who who was lovely for out in and eventually kind of just went screw it we're going through this this massive amount of standing water that kept us um kept us in place at the time for, for quite so long i I did actually see um Callum kind of walk by the bus and had a chat with him briefly because we were kind of caught in the same traffic they arrived shortly before I did but yeah and then even getting back was difficult enough um when I got a lift so it, it's been it's been a it's only half two as we record this and it's been a long day
0: mm, yes late lunch breaks all round but things can only get Better or can they? Swindon Town. Are individual errors proving costly? The latest paywalled advert article by yourself. A really good read, Joe. I enjoyed it very much, I must say. But <laughs> have you had any heat on this yet?
1: Not, not tons. I'm going to say it was. You know, obviously, I've, I've spoken to Flynn. As, as you might be able to tell, um, he was he was in a rush. I didn't get anything particularly in the neck at the time um yeah there are there are comments there but i'm, I'm gonna forgive henry because he gave me a lift um <laughs> he, he's been very good to me very very good to me today um but you know i i, I don't think everyone you know we know that we we stopped so if the twin advertiser comment section can be a, a savage place Every, everyone who you can tell who read the articles has been very complimentary you know there are one or two on twitter who, who are kind of I guess listen to too much Michael Flynn which as someone who listens to everything he says is um, is, is a, quite a rich comment I suppose but and you' uh, calling me a bit too negative but you know please, please read the article it, it is worth I think I think it's only one pound a month to subscribe to an advertiser so at the moment so you know pl- please read it it's good, I promise.
0: <laughs> Joe what was your reasoning behind writing this article this week? I guess as fans, we tend to operate on a game-by-game basis. And last weekend was a clean sheet, a comfortable clean sheet with a largely solid defensive display. We have conceded a lot of goals this season. That's a fact. Nobody can argue that. But thankfully, we've also scored a lot more and won a lot more games as a result of it. So I'd be really interested to know what your thought process was here.
1: Well, a lot of the thought process was we've got a free week this week, I've got time to write it. Basically, I kind of workshopped it on, on the on the press of last week didn't I? where we kind of talked up, you know, maybe I'll we'll have to dive into looking at the goals conceded and see what's going on there. But you know, obviously we did have the clean sheet and I, I think actually we, we have got to a point where, and I got to it in the article, please read it, um, that you know maybe some of the errors that I was talking about or some of the, the goals that are being conceded are actually being fixed, so it's not, you know, it's it's not a lambasting as as may be believed, but it's um, you know, it, it, the scheduling is just we've got Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, week off, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, so you know, I, I had to have something to do this week, pretty much.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I think we're spoiled as a fan base for choice, and I think a lot of that is unashamedly positive content. So there's no harm in an analytical study on troublesome areas to run alongside that broadly positive stuff that we that we enjoy on a week by week basis I think is a good thing I'd say it's a good thing
1: yeah it's I think it's always good to have that kind of perspective I'm not you know I made a conscious effort in the story to not want to call any individual out or what anyone's doing Um, that's I, I promise it might not look like that but that's not who I am um, and and I, I think it is always useful to, to look at football that way because, you know, we're, we're all fans of Swindon. We're all thinking about it that way, you know, through, through the Swindon lens. But if we kind of step back and and think about football more analytically, I, I think it's very useful. And, you know, that that's the kind of stuff that I enjoy writing and that's the kind of stuff that I'm looking to write more of. As well as other stuff, I've got something that I'm hoping to get done in the next couple of weeks that I think is again, very interesting, a a very different type of story to this one, but um, I'll I'll leave you guessing. (laughs) You'll never guess what it is, but it's um, it's I'm, I'm making steps on something else that I think is also exciting, which will be worth subscribing for.
0: Well, I look forward to that article on the art of the short corner.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You rattled me immediately.
0: (laughs) Yeah. When you're doing this sort of stuff as a fan, like I do, you want to be more analytical and I'd love the low strangers to be more analytical than it probably is. But because of that intense turnaround, it becomes more vibes based. And I enjoy that too, to be fair, but no issues with anything critical as long as people show they're working.
1: Yeah, definitely. There's no, <laughs> I put enough work in to make sure it's not just, it's not just a stream of negativity. Definitely not.
0: Yeah. And that's what I wanted to emphasize within this small discussion it may sound (laughs) it may sound like we're stretching this episode out and that's because we are Uh, my reasons for this is that one it was a very brief press conference this week two no players were provided to be interviewed and perhaps most importantly three is this game actually going to be played this weekend Salford are very confident
1: Oof, that's that's a big question. Um, obviously, you know, we've just L- L- does have our man in Manchester, and it they, they seemed to say that um, it's kind of 50-50 at this point. Um, we all saw Salford's pitch last season. I'm looking at that and looking looking out the window at various points over the last day and thinking, Oof, do I want to go all the way up there for for a cancellation? But I, hopefully, the game goes on because I really don't want to go up on a Tuesday.
0: No, that's right. And it's the same as the Colchester game. Oh, how I wish that game went ahead, given how their season is panning out. Ho-hum indeed. But this presser isn't very Salford City-centric, so it works in our favour. If the game does succumb to the elements, Salford City are very confident that this game is going ahead, as I mentioned briefly before. It was yourself and Andrew Hawes of BBC Radio Wiltshire, and we start with the usual questions – One bit of positive news on the injury front to start us off, Joe, and that is relating to Jake Kane.
1: Yes, good news on Jake Kane. He is, um, as we heard after the Newport game, there was a chance he could be involved this weekend and that chance is still on as of Friday morning. Um, He's he's back in in contention. Um, uh, Again, listening to the words of Michael Flynn, there is kind of a, a sense that it's it's far from a guarantee that he's going to be involved in the match day 18, but he's definitely available to do so um, and play whatever part he is currently capable of playing. But for what we kind of felt was going to be a long injury, and um, based on the kind of four to 12 week time work, timeline, he's actually come back in three. So that's that's very good news.
0: Yes, very good news indeed. We'll we'll talk more about Reece Devine a bit later, as you covered him in the Joe Zone. But is there any news on the progress or indeed the whereabouts of Ben Ward?
1: <laughs> he's, he still remains a mystery he's somewhere up in Lancashire right now. They're not, it doesn't seem to be a, a huge amount of um, uh, great communication going on, to be honest, because I'm sure Michael Flynn knows knows particularly what his situation is still. And um, he's definitely not close to being back. So, you know, with, as you mentioned, a left wing back not being available now for potentially a a bit of a while, um, that's another one we're not getting back. I know we've discussed it, but Ben Ward's not coming back, is he? I I really don't Mm. think we'll see him play for Swindon again.
0: This is all absolute guesswork, but when it comes to loanees and when nobody is sure what's happening, it's probably because they're not willing to put it on the record due to the terms of the loan deal. They don't tend to come back from this. This might, just be an injury but cynical me I'm not fully
1: convinced here particularly when we've been told that Swindon analysed him and there was nothing really wrong with him or nothing seriously wrong with him and then he goes back to Burnley anyway it 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 doesn't seem like a situation that's going to end in then Ward in player of the season contention by the end of the season.
0: Well, he's a proper candidate for the LS pod disappearing act of the year, though. So there's always that. Jake Kane is almost back. Good. Tom Clayton is back. Great. Could places on the bench for Harrison Minton or Miles Abodo or Je- Brooklyn Genesini be in jeopardy? No, because as is the custom, we have a new injury and it doesn't sound very positive
1: at all. No, it's it's really not a good one. Um, Tariki Wakwe, who last week had a knock on the foot that was um, didn't seem serious at the time, and then obviously misses the Newport game entirely, that has now been upgraded. He's had a scan um, and it's really bad. It's kind of, I think it was eight, to, it was six to about, 14 weeks.
0: Oh, I think Flynn said something like 8 to 16 weeks. It's a lateral ligament issue.
1: Yeah, it's it's really, really not good for Tariq Uakwe, which is disappointing because obviously, I mean, it's great news if your name is Tyrese. It's not great news in terms of squad depth, especially as as Andrews is pointed out. Tariq Uakwe, um is can be very versatile and it's, it's a not a useful player to miss because he can fill in all over the field. We'll get into a, a reason in a bit that Swindon might need to be filling in all over the field soon but yeah it's 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 not good news on triquiwaque we you know he's probably done till christmas most likely
0: frustrating as he had such an injury free season at Crewe. michael finn said we had to be lucky or get lucky with injuries and i'm trying to decide whether we have been so far this season as although we're operating on a rhythm of one player returns as another one gets injured I think that should be largely manageable depending on positions if that was to continue but even if it does continue in that vein it's just so frustrating
1: yeah it's really not good and I don't know that it's confirmed that the injury happened in the Reading game but it certainly came very soon after it which you know given that they didn't want to play the game in the first place really Um, and obviously Uakwe was kind of just one of the ones who had to fill in it's 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 really unfortunate. Um, you know, Swindon are kind of crying out for a left wing back. Uwakwe has played well at times, played not so well at times. So um, it, it's a, he's a tough one to lose. And when as you say, Swindon can't really afford to lose too many. So losing one player to, for quite a while is is not good.
0: I can't wait for Exeter City in the EFL Trophy. I can't wait to see the lineup. I can't wait to see when the first changes will be made. And I cannot. Wait to see what the pace of this game will be.
1: Weirdly much more exciting now, the fact um, than it would have been otherwise. If you know, if there was anything on the game at all, it'd be like another really EFL trophy game. Now it's well what do you do here? The first Quintuple substitution after five minutes in um, you know, footballing history, I'd imagine.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was under ten minutes into the game at Bristol Rovers when Richie Wellin started making suspiciously early changes, which was lovely stuff.
1: Yeah, well, the problem there was it was Anzo, I think was getting taken off, so you're thinking maybe he was out injured. But yeah, there's good. I would like to see both teams do the same thing. I think that would be quite. I mean, it would be an absolute nightmare to keep track of, but I think you'd be able to guess the players who are coming off.
0: I want to see five subs made after fifteen twenty minutes because it would be the funniest thing to disrespect this competition.
1: That's a weirdly strong lineup from both teams. I wait no. <laughs>
0: I imagine they'd be in the car home before halftime if this was to play out.
1: Yeah, do do your warm down on the way to the car. Get out of there. Get, you know, get in that chicken restaurant.
0: Hi, Alice Pod
3: fans. It's JR here. Enthusiastic contributor and former Swindon McDonald's employee. Farewell, Outlet Village. One time I got to serve the then Swindon manager, Roy Evans. Yes, I know what you're wondering. Big Mac with medium fries. And admittedly, while Roy may have regretted some choices at SM1, well, you can't go wrong with the classics. And you can't go wrong with McDelivery, where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me, your favourites can come to you. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus. serving times, delivery fee In terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi Rich, just a reminder to let you know, I'm on Points West again tonight, so make sure you tune in.
0: Oh no, here I am holidaying in Europe and I'm going to miss Dan's latest appearance talking about another deep side town performance on the television unless (laughs) of course i can use my nord vpn subscription nord vpn allows you to watch sporting events tv shows and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with one click to a country which is showing the content so i'll never miss another points west with dan ever again huzzah nordvpn acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online protecting your personal data and sensitive information like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee per month, and one NordVPN account can be used across six devices. So to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpncom forward slash lovestrangers. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the podcast along the way. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Lovely stuff.
3: Pushed out, and Yates is there to put it home for Swindon. And surely now the game is wrapped up.
0: Nine goals for the season for Jerry Yates. Let's move on ourselves and discuss something we forgot to do last week. Perhaps it's because we are, frankly, quite bored uh, talking about it. And that is transfer talk. What's happening? On the transfer front,
1: Oof, yeah. Um, well, the update last time was that no, we're not going to sign the trialists that have been <laughs> on trial for a while. Um, you know, they're, they're still about, I, I, I believe, but they're not. Um, you know, they're, they're not signing anyone. There really isn't an update this one, other than other than the fact that it was asked and the, the answer was not really no. Uh, they're they're waiting till January. That whatever. Whatever that budget is that they've, um, they've said that they've left back, that's that's what's getting new- used on, on this squad, but we're not having anything more unless something drastic happens, maybe, um, until then.
0: I think if the listeners were able to listen to these quotes on a weekly basis, then you would detect a lot of cynicism from all sides here. Andrew knows what the answer will be. You will know what the answer would be. I know what the answer will be. Things change in football all the time, but there are no updates. And I know there are still fans who expect an announcement any moment when social media says something's going to happen. They're like, oh, a new signing. And no, it's because Slim Chickens is open or whatever. But I don't think there are any mind games here. I don't think there are any pretending that nobody is coming in and then bam, there you go. There simply hasn't been any changes and there doesn't seem to be any plans to sign anyone before january unless something significant was to happen with player availability
1: yeah we thought early on that maybe there were a few games they played but i think at this point they they're, they're not they're not being coy they're just you know <laughs> please stop asking me it's the same answer as it was before and you know, I imagine if it does get asked again um and you know i imagine andrew probably will give it at least one more go perhaps um the answers can just be. I'm not letting you quote me on this. I'm just giving you a no.
0: And you never know what the the next few weeks will bring when it comes to players and long term injuries. Joe, as a fan, do you believe the line of "I'll only sign them if I need them"?
1: Um, I, I I'm inclined to believe it based on based on the current evidence. To be honest, um, I'm I'm not necessarily sure from wh- from where that answer comes. If it's you know an inherent belief that. He doesn't want to do that, or if it's i um, I'm in a position where I can't afford to do that, and take the word "afford" as you choose. Um, you know, where he's, he's, you know, he he doesn't want to use his budget in that way. You must have, you would assume, if if that's his belief, then he has various things in mind for January. But I. I I can't imagine that we get into a situation where if so even probably one more injury, then you're really, really short somewhere. So I, I can't imagine that we're even right now too far off that kind of threshold of, I have to.
0: Yeah. Fair point. Let's move on to miscellaneous questions. Plenty of Saidu Khan chat here. I mentioned in the last pod that it would be good to see Saidu Khan move forward and have some chances. And Andrew, Went into a bit more detail here with his questioning on this.
1: You did, yes, and um, this was something that I had well, not necessarily about Saidu Khan, but I'd spoken, asked Sean Hepburn Murphy about you know, his creativity, and he referred to Saidu Khan as getting a nosebleed being up that high. Um, but um, I think not sure Michael Flynn necessarily agrees. We heard, I, I think Scott Lindsay actually spoke about Saidu Khan a few times last season, saying, you know, he scored all these goals last season, where are they now? But um, um the as glowing as Michael Flynn ever really is about a player, I think, whose name isn't Charlie Austin, um, on side of Khan in terms of talking about his, his footballing intelligence and his ability to, to not only do the defensive side, which I think, you know, generally speaking, he's vastly improved upon this season, but also to be able to get forwards and um, and, and create in those areas and giving him the licence to do those things. Although, of course, um, no. Sweden <laughs> so can see a fair few goals this season, so I'm not sure necessarily... Um, inviting Saidu Khan to become another number 10 is is the wisest thing. Um, I think if anyone listens to Not the Top 20, I think um, Ali Maxwell was at the game and said that the two Swindon midfielders didn't provide an awful lot of protection um, to their defence. So I think Saeedu Khan getting even forward even more often is possibly going in the wrong direction there.
0: And I believe Ali Maxwell was quite complimentary about Dan Kemp's performance.
1: He he was, although, you know, it's Dan Kemp, but... That's what Dan Kemp
0: does.
1: (laughs) I might have
0: motives when we're making that observation.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's, um, there's probably one or two on that end, aren't there?
0: Indeed, good stuff. Okay, well, the next question was relating to whether players understand what they need to do when covering their teammates, when they do things like push forward from their natural positions on the field of play. Some interesting quotes from Michael Flynn here. I'm not going to say those quotes as, although not explosive, it's not very nice terminology.
1: Yeah, um, i a you know, very blunt quote to, that you're remitting there um, about um, perceptions of footballers, I suppose. And actually, this answer is, is kind of in a different direction to the question, you're the answer you're alluding to from the past in terms of saying that footballers are actually quite, you know, they have this kind of special intelligence of the spatial awareness and, and tactical knowledge. And, you know, a player like Saidu Khan, who is obviously the inspiration for the question in terms of his knowledge being is very high in his you know, awareness of when he needs to be doing certain things. So yeah, it, it was again, quite interesting things. Um, if, if they do, I imagine they will be going out on, on BBC world trip because there isn't a player in Duke, so They're probably going to play that whole thing. Um, um, so listen out for it. But it is, it, it is interesting you know, to, to think about football but to think about footballers in a different way and obviously because you don't always think in, in, that, in those terms about what these people are like and, and how they are different really to most people.
0: I just don't understand how the intelligence of footballers in 2023 differs from when Michael Flynn was playing, which was not that long ago. He works in football, so he has a way better understanding of footballers than I ever will. He just has a very strong opinion about footballers these days.
1: Yeah, it, it feels unlikely, and I think you no, know, even if these you know, they are like elite academy players, I think there is actually. As much as there is a, a huge emphasis on them developing as footballers, I think mean, there is probably more like emphasis on school from academies. You know, when you speak to people talking about the Swindon Academy players and Michael Flynn says there's a lot of them and others as well. Like, you no, know, there is like that emphasis on them doing their schooling as well. I think he talks about Miles Abodo in this and says, you know, we we haven't had him all week because he needs to do his schooling. So I think academies probably these days probably do make sure that those players are doing those things. So possibly more than would have been the case than you know when they are in academies, but things are a bit looser, like in the past. I think
0: the Abodo reference was about his actual school education as opposed to his footballing education.
1: <laughs> With him, is his GCSEs.
0: <laughs> Andrew asked, is there any football intelligence that isn't academic? And I think that simply has to be the case, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think they are definitely two different things. Um, you know, I think, kind of, more ability to develop instinct, probably more than anything else, than that you can, you know, un- understand things. Because t- it's it's all obviously football intelligence. A lot of that tactically is will be about your ability to take in information. And again, things spoken in the past about having to f- find out the different ways in which various players learn. But you no, know, I I don't think much much like you know book intelligence for example is is needed um on a trigger for example what like it is in football when you have to apply things as quickly as that so i I definitely do think it's probably a very different mindset and way of way of applying knowledge
0: michael finn does strike me as somebody who gets quite frustrated by this and that's probably an understatement
1: yeah i mean he gets frustrated by a lot of stuff to be fair that's he he has some something of a of a Angry aura.
0: Well, he's getting a note from this Swindon Town side, so whatever he is doing, it's the right thing, and let's stick with that. I don't want people to think I'm being oversensitive here, and I know the football industry is a challenging one to survive in. But sometimes I hear Flynn talk, and I think, "Ooh, ouch."
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, as, as you say, it's, it's clearly working. That maybe maybe it's slightly more abrasive manner is getting people to go along with him, but you know. We, we're not in football we've neither of us i believe we've really ever been inside those buildings so he clearly does have access to things that we don't but you, it, it does somewhat clash sometimes with the things that he says and and what you might assume to be the case
0: all i know is i wouldn't survive five minutes within that environment that's for sure before salford shall we go to
1: the joe zone let's go to the joe zone so um just in terms of the left-wing back spot, it feels like it's the only one that hasn't been like fully nailed down. Obviously, you actually had it for a bit. Tyrese had played the last couple of games and you thought he did well in the second half at like the
2: weekend. Well, what are your thoughts about that position? Well, somebody needs to nail it down. Um, it's going to be a bit easier for Tyrese at the minute because Tyreek is out injured. So, um, yeah, now he needs to step up and put in consistent performances. Yeah,
1: I guess it's kind of wrong on the same line, but Reese De kind of been designated as long-term. Um, is there um, we haven't really had more on that in a while. Is there any kind of specific time frame you're looking at with him? No is it just...
2: a, again with Reese, like I said I'm not Reese is one where I don't want to put an exact time frame on it because I don't want to put him under pressure. He's had a, you know a real tough time of it with that with that area of uh, of his body and the injuries he's getting. so there's no pressure from me. I want Reese to to take as long as he needs to take to give himself the best chance when he does come back. Because, like I said, if it does go again, then it's not looking very good for, for Reese And that's, that's just me saying Reese knows that. Um, so he's going to have no pressure from me. Yeah. And um, just to ask, you've got four players on
1: yellow cards at the moment. Is that a kind of situation where you tell them, be a bit careful or is that like, counterproductive because then they're thinking about things too much? Well, I've
2: been telling them that from day one. So um, no silly yellows. But look, it's... Uh, not all of them are yellow. Every every challenge at the minute seems to be uh, a yellow card, um, and I'm not I'm not on about just for us, by the way. They, I've seen some yellow cards given for for nothing, so it's pointless. Um, some of them, um, and with the extra time we're playing, the added minutes it's... It does put a lot of pressure on on the players. You know, it's it's a contact sport still. It, you know, and the last time I looked, anyway, it was still it's a contact sport. So you are going to have uh, collisions. Of course, things like descent, um, it's not really acceptable um, from from me. And we have had a couple through through descent, which are, they know, and I'm not happy about because what that does, it does put the extra pressure on. Um, so you know, situations like this where we got four um, on four yellows. So. Look there's nothing I can do about it apart from keep you know talking to them and telling them and to to be aware of it and um hopefully we don't get all four in in one game yeah, just to finish. Did you have a nice birthday this week? Yeah, it was lovely, yeah sure. a little bit older I had a nice day with the uh with the wife and and Edward and Samuel, so that was um it was nice.
0: Oh, you little charmer wishing him a happy birthday to avoid being put in a headlock i'd have done exactly the same in fact i'd have probably led with that
1: uh I, I i did actually intend to say it off mic actually but i didn't really have time to do that as, as it worked out so i thought well I'll just whack it on the end and uh <laughs> thank you to the person on twitter i think it's um michelle who uh who pointed out that it, um who reminded me last night that um uh, it, it had been his birthday i should probably ask about it because i think i asked about scott lindsey's birthday last year and and that was quite nice but uh, yeah we're trying to get in the good books whilst whilst doing actions in a in a different sense that that very much aren't doing that
0: there's been a notable well huge improvement with the club's social media this season but they did forget george mckechran's birthday so i imagine they're super on it now when it comes to birthday celebrations
1: yeah, I, th- I think there's um, I don't know if there was would have been a Yaya yah moment in the in the dressing room or something like that, but they, they've probably got a calendar somewhere, and well, they've definitely got a calendar, um, probably digital these days, but a calendar on the wall in the counter ground telling them when everyone's birthday is, so they're ready.
0: Would it be right in saying that you had the left wing back question ready to ask before you found out that Tarika Wakwe was out?
1: Well, I didn't know. I wasn't I wasn't there when that answer was said, so. Um, I, I, I didn't know that he was injured. I mean, I actually, I, you know, I, I knew that he'd had that knock, and that obviously Tyrese was the, uh, shade was the one with the spot at the moment. But I, I was asking that without that particular yeah. piece of information um, to, to nine, but I, I don't know that necessarily matters to the answer too much because, of course, you know, it, it's still the, the question was still, and it was probably with with Tyrese shade in mind as as the full runner front runner anyway. About about stamping that down and making sure that because you know, pretty much the the eleven picks itself other than left wing back so that that's so so even even without the injury Tyree Shades, he's still got to shake off um, Brooklyn Genesini who has played who has played there as many times as Tyree Shade has from the start or so far.
0: Well, one thing we didn't learn from this presser was the whereabouts of Brooklyn Genesini, who wasn't on the bench last week for Newport County.
1: Um. I can't remember, but now that you've mentioned it, maybe not. He was—he hasn't been brought up in a in an injury report, certainly. So, um, and it wasn't mentioned in terms of the left wing backs either. went for this answer, so don't know if there's anything there. Maybe that's one for post match.
0: He definitely wasn't on the bench for the Newport game. Okay, well, let's move on to Reese Devine. It's a really unfortunate situation, far worse than the Ben Ward injury. It would appear. I really hope. Reese Devine's career isn't in too much jeopardy and this was a question that was actually dealt with by Michael Flynn really well and it was an answer that was clearly full of empathy and sympathy for him.
1: Yeah I I definitely thought his answer was good in that and I think obviously the fact that they have been together at Walsall probably helps in his understanding of of Reese Devine's past but I, I kind of, with him as, as much as he's basically not played. I always think about that kind of hour at late Noriun where he was actually really good. So
0: good, man of the match worthy at the time.
1: Yeah, and and, and we've, we've just not really been able to see it coming into the season. You're thinking, well, you know, if Reece Devine can be fit, but um, I, I think he's he's definitely taking the right step of you know just get yourself right, mate, because because he he can't he clearly can't be rushed. And and for his own longevity in in the sport, he needs to to make sure he's fine for wherever he ends up going next summer.
0: It must be the absolute worst to be a part of the 1% who simply become a professional footballer only to have your body let you down, for want of a better phrase. And it must have such an impact mentally.
1: Absolutely, it must be. So you always hear footballers talk about how difficult being injured is. But you know, when you when you think about um, what uh, George McEachran said about this last week, and ask I put up on site this uh, earlier this week as well, in terms of you know, how difficult it is to come, even when you've done as well as some of these guys have at academy level, to how difficult it is to get that first club. And you know, Reese Devine's possibly not even going to be able to get a national league club after this season because of the amount of time he spent injured, and that must be so so difficult when his level as we have seen in very brief spurts is clearly above that
0: yeah fingers crossed that Reese Devine gets the happy conclusion that he deserves Joe I'm currently on Football Reference which is a great website if you have a few hours to spare to look at stats not just football actually it goes across all the sports they have several websites and I see that Fraser, Blake, Tracy, Saidu Khan, Tom Brewer and Romeo Hutton are all on four yellow cards. And I think it's safe to say that losing these players to suspension, especially if it was to be close together. Imagine if we had a a spicy encounter with Salford where they all got booked. Well, that would prove quite the issue.
1: Yeah, I think if you're going to sort of list the players that there isn't really a necessary backup for, those might be the four towards the top of the list. I think certainly Romeo Hutton. Um, obviously, there is Brooklyn Genesini, but as previously discussed, you know, um, Brewitt again, you know, you know, Bluett and Blake Tracy. you've got Tom Clayton, but he, you know, is Harrison Minton going to play in the middle of the back three? I'm not certain he is. Um, that, that's that's certainly not ideal. And then Salou Khan, um, you can put Liam Kinsella in there, but I do think he's a different type of player who would prefer to be slightly higher up the pitch, even if he is more defensive. Um, he likes to you know get stuck in with tackles so I I, I do think that those four might might need to there's possibly an argument for if none of them get booked tomorrow one of them just gets booked for the descent in the last minute just 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 to try and stagger the stagger the suspensions because you're not going to keep those four off yellow cards for several months until um, whenever the Grace period is yeah i
0: should I should know when the grace period is but I haven't looked it up but given their positions it's hard not to envisage that the the fifth yellow will come over the coming weeks or months I think we just have to deal with that
1: don't we yeah I think we we're in this position we're always going to get suspensions because of that especially as Michael Boone says but the game was way games are being refereed um and the Khan who can tracy we know in particular do like do like a good challenge so it's uh it's unlikely those two are going to rock, walk a rope for several months and and so it's it's just it's just, it's just going to be a case of, of hoping that not more than one or possibly two are suspended at the same time
0: okay then salford city this week and we didn't get much information insight around salford city in this presser much like bradford city Joe, it's a team in this division that I can't quite figure out. They have a decent setup. They have a good looking squad. They did some good business over the summer. Yet they've had yet another average start. It started okay, opening day, season win, a little wobble, and then five games lost in a row. Neil Wood, possibly lucky to have kept his job. Then they rallied. They won three in a row, a home win against Newport, an away win against Sutton, and then perhaps most impressively, a 4-2 win at home against Crewe. They almost got a win against Wrexham last week, but conceded two late goals. Uh, That's relatable (laughs) Um, at least we got a point from it but yeah they they lost 3-2 in the latter stages of that game they have players like Matt Smith Uh, he well that's going to be a battle isn't it versus Tom Brewitt. that's going to be quite the head-to-head so to speak in terms of head-to-head well we've got a very good record against Salford since they came into the football league we have played them Five times, we have beaten them three times, drawn once and lost just the once, and that was at the county ground. All three of our trips to Salford have resulted in three points. Probably the most popular victory was the first one back in November 2019. Gosh, time flies, doesn't it? Owen Doyle and Jerry Yates scoring. Uh, That was a brace for Owen Doyle, obviously, 3-2 win. Jack Payne was the only scorer in August 2021, a 1-0 win. And most recently, February of this year, Swindon left Salford, again victorious, a 2-1 win with Jake Wakeling scoring. The other one was an own goal, if I remember rightly. Yes, so Michael Flynn's quotes here. It doesn't matter who we're talking about; it's it's always the same. Tough place to go, um, good players, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
1: Yeah, you, you've stolen my, most most of my answer there. Um, it was he's um yeah he, he kind of again it's a bit like Bradford as you say in terms of playoff semi finalists last season haven't kicked on. Um, no, he. he you mentioned that Salford are always a side that you expect to be up there, which which they are, and I think possibly this season more than most, they were they were quite well fancied for good reason, um, having done well last season. Neil Wood seemed to be taking them in the right direction. I think Mike, you know, Michael Flynn always go, was going to go on the side of well, you know, three wins in a row, and then you're two nil up against Wrexham. So clearly they are in a bit of a, a turnaround in their season, but. Yeah, he's, he's as always, it's a, let's focus on us, guys. And I, I would really like to know, like, are there any managers, because I haven't, I haven't worked with any yet, who who are very happy to sort of go very deep into into opposition sides pre-match, because I, I feel like we never do.
0: Just one week, it would be fun if he says, oh, they've got Luke Garber, he's all right, or cool, Matt Smith would be good in R11, or well they have Declan John who I really fancied and tried to bring down here but I couldn't get it over the line I think that would be really fun yeah
1: yeah a well, t- tough pitch which which will likely be the case this weekend um interestingly Graham Coughlin said basically that last week ahead of playing swindon that uh, there were a, a couple of players that he wanted that ended up going to swindon instead so um so maybe if we appointed him that we, we we would get some of that but uh, um yeah yeah even just to sort of say well you know they they have this they have a very impressive right side that that can do this or that kind of thing you know just just a bit of a you know don't give away your full scouting report but just a bit of information on on the side that you that you've noticed maybe that that kind of thing it, it just never happens as no we're focusing on us we've not even watched their games mate
0: yeah well before the game last week graham coughlin said that we were on fire despite losing our last two games and scoring only one goal and Three, if you count the debacle at Reading, So I take that firmly with a pinch of salt. Joe, we've only won one game away from home this season, that glorious last gas victory over Forest Green Rovers. So I guess I'm approaching this in terms of predictions quite cautiously. I think the pitch will play a significant factor with how this game pans out. We have a knack of scoring goals. We have a knack of conceding goals. So for that reason, I'm going for a 2-2 draw. Oh,
1: I was going to go 2-2 as well. That's just fine. Um, it, it then go 1-1 and win. Uh, but, but there's going to be goals. Well, I, maybe I'll go with I'll go 1-1 and say, you know, the pitch will make it, make it a tough game for both teams because they want to play better football.
0: A win isn't out of the question, but our waveform isn't great. So that's probably why I'm being a little bit more cautious this year. Um, we've taken 500 to Salford. We've got over 1,500 at MK Dons. We're doing our bit. So it'll be great if town could give these traveling fans three points.
1: Yeah, I mean, I won't go into the specific reasons why the waveform isn't being discussed necessarily, but. Um... <laughs> but no, I, I even Notts County. You know, it's, it's a strong enough performance away from home. Have, have possibly been you know, they've they've got not lucky at home, but they've they've been able to get the results there when when performances haven't been at their best. But at, away from home, they haven't quite had that luck. Sometimes and there are games like Morecambe where things just go against them, um, or, or Doncaster where they can't quite break through. So I, you know I, I I don't think there's necessarily a specific problem with the away form. It's just results have happened to come more at home than they have away
0: yeah i agree well time is against us and we've only gone and forgotten to celebrate harrison minton's new deal congratulations to him so i think we'll cover that in a bit more detail over the weekend shame on me for that Uh, next press as i said is on monday as we look to ginningham so until then joe thank you very much
1: thank you very much rich
0: The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindertown Football Club or their official partners. The music for the presser is provided by the awesome Drag Me Down and the podcast logo is created by the most spended, Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on you Reds! Come on Swindert!